Welcome to the Perfectly Preserved Podcast. I'm your host, Jenny Gomes. And I'm Anna Cash. Here, we come together to bring you a podcast all about preserving food safely, easily, and dare I say perfectly at home. We are master food preservers, moms, wives, and we love talking about canning. We've decided the world needs a podcast that shares up-to-date, modern, safe information about canning, dehydrating, freezing, freeze-drying, and more. We answer listener questions, teach beginner and intermediate techniques, and share our very best tips for preserving successfully. We'll show you how to find trusted recipes, sources, and more so you never have to second-guess your preserving practices again. Ready to can like a master preserver? Let's get into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Perfectly Preserved Podcast. I'm Jenny, and I'm here with my co-host, Anna, and we are talking today about something a lot of our listeners have asked us about, is how to know if your fruit that you're turning into jam or jelly needs pectin. Anna, tell us, you just got one of these questions on TikTok, I think. Tell us about it. Yeah. So on TikTok, I posted a video about not necessarily needing a commercial pectin when you make your jam. And one of the questions I got was like, well, when do you know? And what fruits have a lot of pectin? Basically, like, how do you know when choosing your fruits or your jams, which one will set and which one won't? So I thought it was really interesting question because for me and probably for you, Jenny, it's like second nature. Like, you know, which ones will set. You've done it before. We've done it thousands of times. (laughs) And so it might seem second nature, but for somebody brand new, it might seem daunting. Mm -hmm. So Anna, tell us about the relationship between acid and pectin. And before you do that, I want to say both of those topics, both acid and pectin, We have individual episodes all about those, and you should definitely check those out. They're early on in our episode lineup, but both are really good episodes that explain the role of acid in canning and like what pectin is. But the short, the shortest version of pectin, pectin is what gives jam and jelly or foods in general, it's stiffness, fruit in general, it's stiffness, and it's the plant counterpart to gelatin in the animal world. So Anna, tell us a little bit about how acid and pectin correspond. Sure. So when you're preserving, acid aids the process of extracting pectin from the fruit. Pectin, you will either have a high, medium, or low pectin content. And in your fruits, there will also be a high, medium, and low acid content. So depending on the fruit, and we'll go through a list of like each fruit? Well, not each. A general idea of some common fruits that you might use in your jams or jellies and how that relates. We are going to attach in our show notes this link to Kilner, which is a UK brand of jars. They have a really amazing graphic. Okay. So Anna, tell us, give us some high pectin fruit, and then you can tell us how their acid level corresponds. So give us some high pectin fruit for our listeners. Sure. So um, some high pectin content fruits are going to be raspberries, which Jenny and I have talked about. It makes a lovely jam. Black currants, crab apples, cranberries, gooseberries, plums, quince, currants, a lot of citrus fruits, and cooking apples. 
And Anna, would you say that most of those have high acid? And by high acid, we mean they're all of these on the list are greater in acid than 4.6, but just significantly more so than that 4.6. Yeah, the these ones will be higher on the acid charts. The only ones I see that are like medium are going to be cranberries, quince is like high to medium, and your citrus fruits and cooking apples also fall under both high and medium. I'm guessing it probably depends on the variety of citrus and the variety of cooking apple that you're using. Okay, perfect. So for those high acid fruit that we just listed, you aren't going to need pectin. You're not going to need it because it just naturally is in the fruit and you probably couldn't keep it from setting if you wanted to. So then some medium pectin fruits would include apricots, grapes, loganberries, medlars, and uh, Anna will tell us those are, uh, I can't remember, we had to look it up before the show started, but medlars, morello cherries, ripe plums, blackberries, blueberries. And those all fall on the medium or medium low acid. And the only ones that are lowish would be medlars and blueberries. Yeah. And I'm guessing because this is a UK site, this is super common in the UK, but a medlar is in the apple family and it's grown on a tree. The tree is native to the area surrounding modern day Iran and was introduced to Western Europe by the Romans. It used to be widely eaten in Britain through the 19th century, but fell out of favor when more appealing fruit and sugary sweets <laughs> came into prosperity and popularity. So, <laughs> uh, med- sounds like medlars just need uh, like a good advertising campaign. They're probably dynamite, but just not as popular. Anna, tell us what are some lower pectin fruit that might benefit from the addition of pectin in your jams and jellies? Sure. So this would be, let's see, on this list, they have wild blackberries, but I've had, I've never had problems with pectin with wild blackberries. Have you, Jenny? I've never had trouble. In fact, my blackberries must be like really seedy or something because they set up pretty well. They're pretty pectin-y. Yeah. Sweet cherries, figs, ripe grapes, melons, nectarines, peaches, pears, rhubarb, and strawberries. And I've, I get a lot of questions from people about peaches because a lot of times people wait until peaches are like so sweet, so ripe, and then they want to make jam, which is totally legit. Like who doesn't want a very sweet tasting jam? But a lot of times they're just the pectin content is so low and uh, like people just have issues with peach jam, I feel like around here, just because we have a lot of peaches. But Right. Well, I'm sure that's true of many places. So those lower pectin foods, all of them are a little lower in acid also, with the exception of rhubarb. Rhubarb is listed as having a fairly high acid. And it still has low pectin. So all of those will result in, they'll all make a great jam, but those fruits will be the ones that you'll want to add either commercial or some sort of pectin that you supply. Can Anna, can you tell us a little bit about how you add pectin using like apple cores and lemons? Yeah. So 
for these lower pectin content fruit, it's super important that you have some type of lemon juice. Like we said earlier, acid plays a key role in helping to extract that pectin, however little there is. And so so that's why a lot of the recipes will say to add some lemon juice or, you know, depending on how low the acid is, you're going to want to use like a commercial lemon juice, not just like lemon juice right out of a lemon for flavor, but, you know, an actual commercial lemon juice and a commercial pectin. Anna, do you ever tie up apple cores and or like lemon rinds and put them in your jam to to use that natural pectin in those uh, scraps? Or is that not something you've done? Oh, yeah, totally. I forgot about that. So when I'm making apricot jam, we like depending on how ripe they are, I will actually cut a lemon in half, squeeze the juice out, and then toss the the lemon rind in there. And it gives it like really good flavor, but also thickens it really, really well. What about you, Jenny? Do you do that? Mostly apple? So I have never, I have never done that, but I obviously should. But it's very interesting to me that, I, you know, there's a feeling, I think, among canners that some of them, some canners don't want to use a commercial boxed pectin for a variety of reasons. And the way you get around that if you're canning these low pectin fruits is by using apple cores and or the rinds of citrus. So it's the pith, right? It's the white part in the rind that imparts pectin naturally. Yeah. But it is important, and again, dive into our pectin episode, to to understand that it's not just the pectin. It's that you have to have an acid to pull that pectin out of the fruit that you have cooking, right? Mm-hmm. And then also, guys, you definitely will want to check out our episode about Pomona's pectin, which is a store-bought or commercial pectin product that just works in a little bit different way than other pectins. And this does get into like a little bit of food chemistry or food science, but they're all different types of products that do this thing, which is make a spreadable fruit preserve. Yeah, that, that's just how it works. And so you definitely should check out those episodes to learn a little bit more about that. But Anna, are there any surprises on this list? Yeah, so the surprise for me was rhubarb because rhubarb is actually a vegetable. And so that means it's a low acid food. But on this list, it's listed as a high. So as a high acid. So I'm a little bit confused. I'm going to have to do a little bit more research a rhubarb jelly is something that I made and submitted the recipe for um, my cottage food license. And it's one of the recipes that my state representatives for the food industry said, I would like you to have this tested before, because it's not a, it's not from, you know, the USDA or ball canning. It's not a tested recipe. It was just one that a friend gave me. And I just, I think it's beautiful and delicious. And I wanted to sell it. But then um, anyway, I, I've been going back and forth about whether or not I want to pay the money to have it lab tested. That was one that kind of stumped me. What about you? So let's talk about rhubarb. The pH of rhubarb is actually a 3.1 or a 3.2. And it's because of a particular type of acid in it. And if you just eat it, like just crunch on it, it 
has uh, malic acid and oxalic acid and citric acid, I believe. This is what I'm reading on uh, a science Mm. website. So it's abundant in plants and it just contributes to the sour taste. But it is really one of the most sour tasting stalks you could ever chomp into. So it just must be that this vegetable happens to be high in acid. Hmm. But I guess I'm just wondering why why it wouldn't be in like any canning books for it to be a jelly. Oh, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know the answer to that. Things to ponder. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we don't know everything. (laughs) But yeah, I don't know. But I... The, the surprise I had at this looking at this list or the the thought I had was that, of course, many times the high pectin is also really high in acid. And of course, the low corresponds with the low and the mid corresponds with the mid. So I think just if you are deciding, am I going to need pectin? You just look at one, the type of fruit you're using, and you can kind of refer to this. We'll link it in our show notes or just listen to what we said, Right melons, nectarines, strawberries, figs, cherries, rhubarb, strawberries. Those are softer. Okay. They're going to give you a softer result. So you may want to add pectin either with a store-bought product, Pomona's pectin or regular old ball pectin, or by using the rinds of citrus or an apple core. But you just can know that if you have one of those higher pectin ones, you won't have to worry about it. And I did want to say, sorry, I'm kind of going in circles today, but I did want to say that all of these fruits that you would preserve into jams or jellies, they're still all high acid. And by high acid, we mean they have a greater acid value than 4.6, which is a lower number. So they're all high acid, but just on that little spectrum of between two to four, some of them are a lot closer to two, which is very acid. Crab apples, cranberries, quince citrus. Those are all very acidic. And then the lower or closer to four are the ones that you would probably need to add a little pectin to. Anna, loop me back in. Have I have I talked in a big circle or do you think I... Did that make sense? No, you're right on. You're right on. This is perfect because, I mean, it's it, it makes sense that like your high pectin will also have high acidity. It's almost across the board that that's the case. So... Like I said, we'll link this in our show notes. It will be available and you can check it out, maybe print it off and put it inside your recipe book mm-hmm. uh, just to have available. But this is like something that I think people are just a little bit confused about and want a little more clarity. So hopefully this talking about it has helped. Okay. I remembered the second thing I was going to say. So you're going to consider the type of fruit you're using, right? And the ripeness level. So as Anna said, like, especially with peaches, if a peach is perfect for eating, it might be a little too ripe to thicken up, right? Or I mean, pears, you're not, pears are very hard to thicken, right? They're very, very soft. That's not to say that you can't preserve them into a jam, but you're probably going to need the addition of a thickening agent like a store-bought pectin, but even more so if the fruit is really ripe. So it's worth considering including some underripe peaches, underripe pears, underripe has more pectin in it. If you think about it, like an unripe pear is hard as a rock, right? That has a lot more pectin in it. So 
especially in your jam making, you can include some of those under ripe ones and that will just naturally boost and provide more pectin and your flavor won't suffer. It'll probably be really delicious. In fact. Yeah, absolutely. That's a perfect point. Thank you for making that because a lot of times, like not all of your fruit will be super ripe at the same time. So you can toss in some of those unripe and, you know, still have a really great consistency in your jams and flavor. And now a quick word about our courses. Want to learn more about canning? Check out our video courses. Anna's beginner and advanced canning courses are available at smarthomecanning.com. And Jenny teaches super fast steam canning at startcanning.com. Use the code POD25, that's P-O-D-25, to get 25% off those courses today. Okay, Anna, is there anything else you want to add to this uh, episode all about how to know when to use pectin? I don't know. I mean, I I also love to, and this is like kind of, I don't know making jams uh, 202 or whatever the college level up is, is that sometimes I will add some higher pectin things to a low pectin. So like I'll add raspberries to my peach jam and it will thicken it uh, pretty well. So that's, that's like next level for me is just like combining things that are high and low acid or high and low pectin to get a a more consistent thickness in my jams. That is so great. And it's not, that's what our listeners want to hear. We want to know like how to be smart about canning. And that's exactly what you should say. So adding cranberries to one of those lower or adding raspberries, adding currants, adding a little citrus, adding that to something that's on the softer side will definitely help. But if you're mixing peaches and pears, I mean, that's going to make a great baby food, but that is not going to be thick and spreadable you know, like on your bagel, you, you, you'll get, just get soft, soft, which is okay. But that's actually the thing too. When you're making applesauce, you don't necessarily want a thick, thick applesauce. I mean, sometimes you do, but if you start adding fruit into your applesauce, I mean, this was, I, I made oodles of applesauce when my kids were tiny and I would, you know, I'm going to put strawberries in, or I'm going to put pears in or whatever I had on hand. And it's great. It tastes good, but it makes it a lot softer. It's mm-hmm. remarkable how much softer it'll make it. So you just you just have to know that those lower pectin fruits are going to make for a softer product. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Perfect, Anna. I feel like this wraps up another great episode. And thank you so much for diving into pectin with me. Have a great day. That's our show. We don't want you to miss an episode, so please be sure to subscribe. If you found this episode helpful and informative, please give our show a rating and review. It only takes a few seconds and it really helps our show grow. Follow us on social media at Smart Home Canning and at The Domestic Wildflower. Email your preserving questions to perfectlypreservedpodcast at gmail.com and we will do our best to answer your questions on the show. Thanks so much for listening. Stay tuned for our next episode released every week.